Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I have another guest with me, and we're gonna have a conversation about um, STEM stuff. Um, but before we get into that conversation, make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes. And if you like a particular episode, make sure to share it on your social medias. All right, Desmond, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm Desmond Cole. Um, I am a NIH prep student at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Mm-hmm. And NIH is what? So the NIH is the National Institutes of Health. Um, They are based in the D.C. area. Um, And they are essentially our country's um, authority on biomedical research um, and so on. Yeah. And I don't know. This is so cool because I never like I knew you did science stuff. First of all, I think I, I think I'd like don't talk to my science friends enough because I'm like, oh, you do science and I won't ever understand it. But it mm-hmm. sounds <laughs> it sounds like really cool just listening to, um, I guess, what like, is this like a fellowship kind of thing? Yeah, so basically, so this is a um, a post baccalaureate program funded by the NIH. OK. Um, and so um this specific post-baccalaureate program is a research-intensive program that is intended to prepare students for um, PhD programs. And so, after I finish my um, my uh, my time here, I will hopefully matriculate into a PhD program somewhere. Okay. And where are you? So, how many more years do you have with that program? Just an additional year. Um, I apply to programs this upcoming cycle, this fall, uh-huh. and then, um, and then, yeah, I would enter the program the following fall. Okay. And how how do you think that's going to work with Miss Corona going on? Yeah. So that that is a very good question. Um, so there are still a lot of talks um, or a lot of talking from a lot of schools about you know how this upcoming admission cycle is going to be handled. Um, You know, and I don't, it's really hard finding that many definitive answers. Um, So far, it seems as if schools are preparing to, you know, still do business as usual as far as admissions go. Um, But in terms of like, you know, interviewing, there are no uh, really clear answers on that. I'm assuming that it will probably that this upcoming uh, interview cycle in the um, you know January February time period will all be online probably, mm-hmm. um, and then. But you know, if we're considering um, this past cycle, so you know, um, students applied to, to graduate programs last fall, and then they interviewed in the spring, um, and. I know for sure that some people's interviews actually were either canceled or um, postponed, I mean, or they were, um, they were just converted to being online. And I know of one student in particular whose program um, is pushing back its start date to January. And so he's not even going to be moving for his, um, his new program until, until January. So, and that's probably just, 
messing with uh the fund like just the funding that he was expecting to get from being in the PhD program now he's probably going to have to like work for a couple months um um or so he was actually very fortunate he um so this uh, particular person is in my uh my cohort or my my past cohort and um he was able to stay on here at Hopkins and continue working oh nice um so he'll be doing that until January but um, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. It will definitely be interesting seeing how people's funding and like how funding structure is going to be altered as a result of the pandemic going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I guess I'm curious to know. So like, originally you're from Panama City, Florida. You and I went to University of Montevallo, and then you moved from Alabama to Maryland. So I guess talk about those kind of like shifts i guess like the di- like moving from panama city to montevallo and then from alabama to maryland like what what were those transitions like yeah so um so i was actually um i was born in orlando florida oh, okay and i lived there until i was eight and then um but so i did essentially like all of my public schooling in Panama City, um, and so a lot of times when people say where you're from, I just say Panama City because I mean, in a lot of ways, like that is where I'm from. You know, that's where I had my, that's where I had the majority of my formative experiences. Um, that's where I did a majority of my schooling. Um, most of my friends and family are in that area, mm-hmm. um, and so, so yeah. So the tradition or the uh, transition from Panama City to Montevallo. Um, wasn't quite as difficult as I thought it would be. You know, you have the, you know, typical Southern charm and, you know, people being being warm to strangers and, and whatnot, yeah. um, relatively speaking. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and fortunately, I had um, friends that were already at Montevallo before I got there because they came from they came from the same high school that I came from. Oh, nice. Um, and so there was that. Um, I lived, you know, I lived in the dorms our freshman year, and so it was really easy making. Um, I feel as if that really helped me make friends my first year. Um, I joined a fraternity, although that was like for less than a year. Um, <sighs> I, you know, dated someone the majority of my college career. And so um, I think that a lot of these things and also like working part time really helped me to transition and like find a social um, to find like social support there and whatnot. Um, I think so really the biggest transition for me was probably um, from Alabama to Maryland. Yeah. um, Just mostly because, um, you know, it's a longer distance. Um, I don't really, I didn't really know people here. I had some friends here, fortunately, from um, a time where I did summer research here at Hopkins, um, but that got better with time. I think I finally feel a sense of being like planted here. Yeah. I have good friends here, um, and yeah, I'm just happy. I'm glad about how things have worked out. Yeah. How long would you say like it took you to feel com like just comfortable in the sense of like, um 
yeah, just having a sense of community there. And then, like, I guess coming in to know yourself more. When did, like, how long would you, well, I mean, I know, I know it's still an ongoing process, but how long mm-hmm. would you say, like, you reached a point where you're like, huh, okay, like, this is, this is a, uh, this is a good move or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a, 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 a um, continuing process. Um, I think that, you know, starting from the time that I got here, um, I started feeling, um, adjusted, but it wasn't really until like recently actually that I started feeling like a much stronger sense of being adjusted and like being feeling planted and yeah. having like, um, yeah, having like a sense of being a part of the community here. Um, so when I first got here, I hung out with, you know, my, my, my friends in my cohort, um, very cool people. Um, I made friends with my roommates. Um, I made friends with, uh, PhD students that are in programs here at Hopkins. Um, I had, I had one friend who was an undergrad at, um, Hopkins. She just recently graduated. Um, and she was, it was wonderful being able to spend time with her, um, and so, yeah, fortunately, you know, I was able to really find people who I felt comfortable with and who I had fun with. And, um, it didn't really take a ton of time, maybe a few months. And, okay. you know, there were certainly highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I share your, um, I guess I share your same experience where, um, I did like moving from Alabama to Oregon. I did have friends already that I met when I came and visited the university. Um, mm-hmm. um, oh, how do I want to say this? Um, my living, like my first roommate, um, looking back was not the best, uh, situation for me just, mm. um, because, you know, he, he was a straight white man and he moved a, a, his girlfriend in. And so I was living with a white couple for a year. Um, and that was just uh, suffocating, quite honestly. Um, <clears throat> and so that I was dealing with that my first year. And, you know, I, re- I don't like people anyway. So <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with having... <laughs> I'm all right with having a few friends. But... <clears throat> um like a small friend group but i think i think now i do crave more of like a sense of community here and mm-hmm. i don't i don't think i'm go- well definitely not going to get it now but i don't think i'm going to get that in the way that i want it so i think that's mm-hmm. why i've been like reaching out to friends to bring on the show because um just to like keep in contact with people I currently know and I guess forming my own virtual community um, since mm-hmm. I feel like I can't find it here for real. I would love to move to a place to where I would just instantly find that community like there, but I don't think Eugene, Oregon is going to give me that. Yeah, I understand. Well, yeah, fortunately, you know, you'll have options once you finish your, your degree. Yeah, true. I, th- I think I might be chugging it on to to maryland or something i don't know where 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 would you like to move um once you're done there you know i'm actually not um completely sure um i do think that because of my 
um, my career interest and whatnot, um, I do think that I could be happy in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I the really DMV like, or just I really like. What were you saying? The DM the DMV area. Yeah, basically, and I guess more specifically, like either here um, or DC. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of work for what I'm interested in in that general area, the the um, DC Baltimore metro area, and I like DC. Um, you know, it has a big city vibe, but it's not really quite as big as like you know New York or Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot to do. Um, and, and are you wanting to place. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off are no, you okay. are you wanting to um be a professor or work in industry um so you know i'm still figuring out exactly which or like what i feel uh the, the strongest about yeah but i do feel quite attracted to um to science policy right now actually hmm. um and, and a couple months ago Sorry, what did you say? Well, I was going to ask what is what is that, but I, I you're going to explain it, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, a couple months ago, um, Hopkins, um, as a joint venture with a science uh, research organization here in the U.S., um, decided to offer a course on science policy and science advocacy. Um, and so science policy is essentially concerned with um, with topics like, you know, weapons development, healthcare, um, environmental monitoring. Um, and so it, it deals with the entire domain of issues that involve science in some way. Um, so with the science policy course that I took, um, we essentially learned about you know, science policy topics. Um, we learned about how policy is written for science, um, how science has informed policy, um, how science has informed, you know, what Congress does and, and does not do. Mm. Um, and we also learned about ways to advocate for science and ways to, um, and more specifically, to make sure that science is being considered when decisions are being made Um and we can see that today, especially with um, topics that are that are very important, like you know, um, health inequity in the country or healthcare inequity. I mean, um, and um, you know, trans rights um, uh, and and things like that. And so, um, as of right now, I think that's something that really appeals to me. A because um, I really do enjoy science. I, I love science. And B, I I think that. <clears throat> there are some very apparent issues right now in our country due to a failure to, you know, really consider science and in, in making policy decisions. And I think that it's, it sounds really nice. Um, and it sounds very attractive to me being able to be directly involved in, um, ensuring that these things are taking place and, and hopefully, you know, making a, a large impact, yeah, I I think especially now with the fact that um governors and presidents and things of this manner um aren't following <laughs> healthcare yeah. officials and experts mm-hmm. and stuff. So 
I think it, yeah, I think it's important to, uh, yeah, be a part of a group of people that are not only going to hold these people accountable, but like save us all. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. So let's get into some classic shit. So, Desmond, you have a song for this segment. What is that song and what are some lyrics that stand out to you? Yeah, so there, there is a song um, that I listened to a lot growing up and that I really liked. And it's by um, a singer, rapper, actress that I really like, um, Queen Latifah. And that song is called Unity. Um and the thing that I really liked about that song is that it directly confronts um, issues that women in society um, face, um, especially black women in society. And it, it touches on things like, you know, street harassment, um, slurs being used against women and domestic violence. But um, in one portion of that song, in the second verse, there's a line um, and it goes like, and nothing gonna come, or excuse me, and nothing good gonna come to you till you do right by me, brother. You wait and see. And that line is actually really interesting to me because um, this was actually a direct reference to Miss Seeley's Curse in The Color Purple, which was a movie and a play that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and what she's saying basically is that karma is going to chase him until he chains, changes his ignorant ways and starts treating her right. And I think that this is a, a metaphor um, on, on another level saying that, you know, things aren't going to be right in society until um, women are treated in the way that they should be treated, you know, fairly and with respect and with dignity. And what I, what I hear from that line is... Um like taking taking the metaphor uh further is things aren't going to be right until black men get their shit together and treat yeah like i don't know i i like stuff like this i like dragging black men i feel like we need to get dragged because on the internet we be showing out and it's just like what the what the hell is going on um Um, and yeah, I, I, I like that it, it also, um, yeah, references the color purple, which is a classic. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to add that to it. <laughs> and I will say too, that I think it extends just like, it extends beyond black men. I think it's, you know, men in general men and, and mm, yeah. just society in general, like we need to end this gender inequality yeah yeah so it's it, yeah certainly applicable apple you know what i'm trying to say it certainly <laughs> applies to um all men um i think i just wanted to point out that black men need to get their shit together i think i was just hijacking your moment <laughs> <laughs> like kanye was and just saying black men get your shit together because i i think yeah, i was I, I, I think i'm i think i was just annoyed at something i saw today <laughs> um, what did you see or is it I'll I'll talk about it in the last segment where I talk about what okay. annoyed me for the week. Um, 
Well, no, I'll talk about it right now. So there was this video that I saw where um, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, I guess there was this fight in the airport and this white, the, it was this white couple and the white dude was talking to a bunch of black women. He was saying, go get some new hair. And then the black one of the black girls walked up to the couple and then the white woman slapped her and then so the black woman and all of her friends like just they were at the carousel at the airport they just started they just stomped that hoe and was getting on the carousel and just stomping her and and then there was one part of the video where the white man was like covering up the white woman while all the people all the all the black girls were like stomping them and stuff. And then oh my gosh. it was amazing. Anyway, <laughs> um, then in the comments, there were like black men saying like, oh, I love the fact that uh, he 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 uh, he protected his woman. That's what you're supposed to do, blah, 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 blah. And then there were black men saying, well, if that's why that's why people think that black women are uh, are savages and stuff like that, because they act like that and blah, 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 blah. And like there was no acknowledgement of the fact that that white woman hit one of those black women. And it's just like it's like, what are you doing and saying like it's like, oh, you know protect protect a woman but it's like you're like what where do black women fit into that um and it's always this kind of like protection of white women um that at least in this in instances like these um yeah i see what you're saying so it's interesting how you know the song that queen latifah wrote you know three decades ago is still you know applicable today and, and it's sad but yeah 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 <laughs> now i gotta figure out what else annoyed me for this week <laughs> <laughs> um all right and that was some classic shit all right desmond so um i just have i just want to talk to you about your experiences being a black stem major um and yeah just what 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 what, is it a black what what are you uh is it a stem major or just like a stem student what what would you call yourself right now yeah i would say a stem student because like if we're being you know more specific um so i was a biology major um, yeah, but, and so because of that, like, I can't really say I'm STEM because it's too general, but uh. you know, I, I could say I'm a STEM student because like I'm within, I work in STEM. Okay. But currently you are in a biology program. What, what, what are you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, this program prepares people, um, prepare students for PhD programs in um biomedicine so biology okay. and medicine or um or actual like biomedical programs that are that are more translationally focused um and so uh within my program like in my cohort and in past cohorts um there are many different labs that students will join um and so if we're thinking about this in terms of you know biology and it's biology as a field and like the sub 
sub areas under that. Um, so biology is like, you know, this umbrella topic where you're studying, you're studying life, you know, you're studying the processes that, um, that allow life that, that constitute life and, and so on. Um, and, uh, the thing about biology is that you can study it on different levels. You know, you can study it on a, <clears throat> on a physical structural level. You can study it from a chemical level. You can study it on a molecular level. Um, you can study it from an evolutionary perspective and so on. Um, and so for my specific area, um, so broadly speaking, I'm interested in microbiology um, and my my research interest um you know now and also for for graduate school um are in microbiology which which is just the study of you know microorganisms um so things like um bacteria and yeast and 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 algae and things like that um and so and so other people in my program um have had different interests and have different interests. Um, so in last cohort, there was someone in a structural or excuse me, a biophysics lab, and he was studying the physical properties of a, of a specific protein. Um, there was another person in my program who worked in a developmental biology lab, and she was studying how, um, how cells develop from, you know, a, a unicellular sperm and egg to a multicellular organism. And she was studying this in, in the fruit fly. Um, so regarding my work specifically, so I can actually go even more in depth to describe, um, like, you know, what I study. Yeah, please. Um, and so, okay, so broadly speaking, microbiology. Um, and being more specific, I'm interested in um, the molecular genetics aspect of that. So I'm interested in studying microbiology from a molecular genetics perspective. So what does that mean? Um, so right now, for example, I'm studying um, how a specific yeast or type of yeast called candida um, colonize humans and cause infections. Mm. Um, so candida is responsible for a lot of um, infections in human. It's an important uh, human um, pathogen, um, and it causes things like um, like oral thrush, um, vaginitis, um, and other types of yeast infections. Um, it can also cause um, very serious blood infections that can result in um, you know, organ failure and, and death even, um, if it gets serious enough. Um, and so there are different ways you can study this. There are different ways you can study how, you know, candida infect humans, but the way I study it is through molecular genetics. And so I use concepts and, uh, or methods in molecular biology to study, um, what are the genes in this specific yeast or particular yeast that um, that enable them to cause infection? Um, and so right now I'm just you know trying to identify different genes, um, like different regions of DNA that code for proteins that do things, um, and seeing you know what these what these genes do. Um, how important are they? Are they important? 
Um, and yeah. Thank you for explaining all of that. I think this has been the quietest I have been uh, listening to a guest, uh, other than the mm-hmm. other scientists I had, because, um, yeah, I don't understand this stuff, but it's cool. It's it's cool to listen to it. Um, um, and I think it's yeah. I didn't I didn't know that it like I thought biology was like one thing. I didn't know there were several different strands. Um, and then, yeah, so this is cool to listen to. Um, what were, I guess, what, if you can remember, what was the first, when was the first time you realized that you loved science and wanted to pursue a career in it? So the first time that I realized um, I love science really was when I was a kid, um, so growing up um, as a kid, you know, finances were, were hard. And um, I grew up mostly in a single parent household. And so um, the most, the the least expensive thing to do that was like, you know, mentally stimulating was reading. And so like, I, I read a lot as a kid. Um, my mom used to buy like a lot of, um, books for me um on science and uh mostly the books that i did obtain were from the library because you know it's free to just rent books from the public library and so Mm. i did that and um i just found it so fascinating like reading about you know like the solar system and about the weather like how is it that you know lightning forms like where does lightning come from why does it rain why does how does water go into the, the sky and then fall back down and things like that but um I didn't actually decide to pursue science until um, after my first year of college. And, you know, as you know, I actually switched from music performance to biology. Um, And Desmond is a great singer, by the way. Oh, thanks. (laughs) But yeah, so I've been interested in both science and music basically my entire life. But I never really saw myself in science. Um... And I think a big reason for that was because um, of the lack of representation. Um, You know, when I thought of science or when I thought of scientists as a kid, I thought of like, you know, some old white guy with crazy, you know, matted hair, like, you know, like an Albert Einstein Einstein stereotype (laughs) or something, you know, or or archetype, I mean. Um, And so, yeah, it just never occurred to me that I that I could pursue science. And so I pursued my other passion, which was music. And, um, you know, I did pretty well in it for a while. I, you know, got awards and stuff in middle school and high school for, for music. And even, you know, while I was a music major in college. But really what, what catalyzed that change or, or what, um, what made me feel compelled to change was realizing that, you know, I could be a scientist because once I actually entered college, I started seeing more people, more people that look like me, um, still not very many, but you know, it was, it was something was more versus none. Um, and I also, um, realized that it was very important to me to be able to make an impact, um, on a societal level. And while I think it, it is possible to do that in music and, and music and, uh, people that have careers in music 
do that. They do do that. But it's much more difficult, um, you know, as a musician or specifically as a, as a classical musician, you spend almost all of your time practicing, you know, isolated, just focusing completely on yourself. Um, it's really hard to get jobs as a, as a professional musician, especially a classical musician. Mm. Um, job security is very low. Um, and so I felt as if, so even though I had, you know, I think that my interest in, in both areas, both music and science were equally as strong, um, I realized that, or I felt that I could, you know, pursue my, I could pursue the the thing that drives me the most, which is making an impact. Um, I felt as if I could pursue that more easily in science than music. And so that's why I changed. Um, and just like, so do you still, do you still like do music stuff or it, like, and is that more of a hobby of yours or are you strictly just focusing on um, your career with science? Yeah, so I haven't actually done music things um, lately. Uh, in fact, like the last, the last thing that I did musically was, um, was an opera, a Mozart opera in, um, in undergrad my sophomore year. Yeah. Um, and I, I really do miss it. Um, you know, I wish that I could do both. Um, you can, in the though. Sense that, like, what'd you say? I said you can. I mean, as far as, like, just just going out and doing it, not getting, like, a full... Like, yeah, I don't think you should, like, go pay a four degree to pursue classical, um, classical music. But I don't, like, do you need, like, a degree to, like participate in like an opera or something like that um it really just depends uh, mostly you know people when you're auditioning um for different things and more specifically when you're like submitting your initial information it is expected that you have a um you have a degree because alongside you know just being able to sing and like having a nice voice um uh, vocal performance uh, or a classical vocalist are also trained in, um, you know, linguistics and mm. and foreign languages and music theory and stuff like that. So there's like a lot of um, there's a lot of more technical knowledge that you need to have. And so, um, in a lot of ways, like that degree or having a degree in classical performance um, can you know, either enable you to, to do these little things, um, or prevent you from, from doing them. That being said, there are definitely opportunities to get involved in like local, um, local performances. Unfortunately, like, you know, in the DMV, there is a number of, you know, little opera houses and stuff around here. Um, but at this point it would just be a matter of like, you know, finding the time, um, you know, doing this has been made more complicated by the pandemic, but I think once, you know, this is over or at least not as Manageable. bad as it is right now, yeah. um, I would like to try to find some opportunities to do music, um, you know, as a vocation. Yeah, I I think, I think that would be, I, I think, I don't know, I just want to hear you sing more. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I miss it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think because, like, you know, 
I I um so I played in I played in band in undergrad and I I was um uh played clarinet for about ten years. Um and um I was when I was in high school when I was in high school I felt like I was really, really good at it because I was taking lessons and I was like, Oh, I wanna pursue a career in clarinet and blah 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 blah. Um and then when I was moving on to college I was like, No, don't want to do this. Uh, actually, it took me a while to figure out my major, but um, clarinet, like having music in my life, has always been um, just something that was not only escape, but it just kind of like it just made me feel good. Um, and when I moved uh, for graduate school, um, I like it just all of that stuff just completely like went away and. Um, yeah, I think I think since the pandemic is happening, I've been craving like more to like my my like my clarinet is up in my closet. So like I've yeah. been craving to like pull it out more and just like practice skills or something just to like mm-hmm. just to get that feeling back. I don't know. Um so I I I guess I was like thinking that um maybe it could like it could help, you know, be a relief for you in terms of like, you know, going to go work in your career with uh, science and then just having, you know, the classical music stuff as something you do on the side as a hobby, you know. Um, yeah, I was just wondering how, how, how you were going to balance that or if you thought about balancing that. I have, yeah. And, and the funny thing is actually no, um, I know of someone, um, He's a PhD student at Princeton um, who is in molecular biology and he performs in like, he performs with the opera um, troupe there. Mm. Um, So I think he's like the only person that I know that does that, which is, uh, it's just really interesting, but it is inspiring because I mean, it would be cool being able to do things like that. And I was actually planning on taking um, or auditioning to take uh, voice lessons at Peabody this summer, but yeah. Um, you know, the entire world was turned on its head, and so that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But um, that's something that I'm considering doing. You know, in the near future. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think it's cool that you still um, want to have music be a part of your life. I just think it's, I think it's good to just have some kind of creative, whatever you do. I think it's good to have some kind of like creative thing to do, um, in addition to whatever else um so you were talking about um not feeling like there was enough representation for you to pursue a career in science so i guess i'm curious to know like how has that been since you um decided to pursue a a graduate study um how has that been in terms of seeing the representation of people who look like you in the fields that you're in? Um, yeah. Um, so how does it feel being surrounded by... Or, or yeah, like, um, I, guess, I guess, have you seen that representation is the question that I'm asking. And like, how does that feel? Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely have, um, you know, systemically speaking, there is still a, um, 
and underrepresentation of black people in STEM. Um, but, you know, for me, compared to my past experiences, it's really nice being in an environment, um, a, you know, a science environment where there, there is a higher proportion of black people than I've ever experienced before. Um, and in terms of how that makes me feel, um, I think the biggest thing is that it makes me feel less, um, It doesn't make me feel as much as as, a, as an outsider as I as I felt before, um, and you know I'm someone who can get along with people relatively easily, and you know I like connecting with people, making friends with new people, and having conversations with new people and things like that. But um, it's it's always nice when you're in an environment that isn't too alienating. Um, and so, for example, so here at Hopkins, you know, this is a, um, Hopkins is a, um, it is a prestigious institution, um, and there are people here of certain demographics that make up the majority, and those demographics are, are, are very different from mine, and their backgrounds are very different from mine. And so, you know, basically, long story short, it, it, it just, it feels nice being able to have people that you can relate to more easily. Um, and, you know, it just makes you feel, or it makes me feel not as isolated, which, you know, science can be isolating. Yeah, Desmond, Desmond I'm going to just ask you straight up. You know how I am. What is it like being around all those white folks in that program? <laughs> um what is it like yeah have have there been have there because i i have stories i don't know if you do but like how has it been being around you know the white people in your program have you have there been negative experiences or it is everyone pretty much like you know educated <laughs> in terms of like yeah. not saying stupid stuff to to black people and people of color yeah, I would say, you know, regarding my department and regarding, like, the people, the PhD students and faculty that I've interacted with, yeah. it seems as if people are, you know, pretty woke and, you know, educated and not so narrow okay. and, and ignorant. That's um, good. And so I haven't had any negative experiences um, in, terms of, in terms of those types of things, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm happy that you know, the white folks here are, <laughs> have been like welcoming and, and okay. have made me feel like out of place or, or weird or anything. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, you know, inevitably something may happen, but yeah, we'll, I should have, maybe I shouldn't have asked the question because you said nothing happened and now maybe something's going to happen now. Because you jinxed it, or just because yeah, because like, I jinxed it. Because I jinxed it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I need to carry my lucky rabbit's foot around or something. Yeah. No, that I mean that's that's good to hear because um, like graduate school for black people and people of color can be very um isolating. Um, it's a whole other ball game, and so I'm I'm very happy to hear that you're having a good experience um and not coming in not encountering people who are like 
ignorant. So that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess one final question for you for this for this topic. Um, what is some advice that you have for current either current students or um, students that are interested in pursuing a, a graduate career in science? Um, what advice do you have for those students who come from, um, you know, communities of color, um, less fortunate communities? What do you have, like, what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, I will definitely say for people coming from disadvantaged backgrounds that, um, I don't want to say that things can be an uphill battle because I mean, that's quite apparent, but I will say that you should definitely like absolutely, um, utilize every resource that you have available to you. Um, and, and make sure, you know, you may even have to, to seek opportunities on your own, um, that like, you know, some senior person in your area or like a prof or like a faculty or something, um, that these people like won't show you or like, um, share with you whether that's intentional or not. Um, and so, you know, like with me, I don't want to undermine, you know, the work that I did to get here, but, I certainly, there was a, a series of fortunate events that unfolded after I just so happened to find um, a, a key opportunity that, that started all of that and that resulted in me being here. And no one showed me this, this opportunity. I found it myself and I pursued it and I, um, you know, really reined in the resources that I had and things have just, things have worked out. Um, and so... You know, when you're in a, when you are in a disadvantaged um, situation, or you come from a disadvantaged background, um, you know you don't really have these resources readily available to you, and so don't feel as if like it's weird to to put in the extra work to find them. It's just you know it's just what we have to do to to get to where we want to go, um, and. I think that's my biggest thing. And also, you know, if you feel, if you feel, you know, alone, if you feel a little alienated because you are in, you're currently in a background or you're currently in a, you know, social academic situation, whatever, um, that is where the environment is very different from what you're used to. Just really, you know, do it also do what you can to find people that you can connect with. Um, and, you know, be open and be kind to people um, in a way that, or not in a way, but do so because this may allow you, this may allow um, people to be attracted to you that you otherwise, you know, wouldn't have even thought to pursue. Um, and then you can recognize that like, oh, me and this person actually have a lot in common. And I've actually experienced that here um, where I've, you know, found different grad students that like, I thought that we weren't going to have anything in common really, but you know, I was, I was nice to them. Um, and you know, I, I spoke to them and then, you know, 
really nice friendships ended up unfolding. But yeah, that's that's my two cents. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, all right, so now we've come to the end of the show. Um, part of the show I like to call So Done. And it's basically where you can talk about what annoyed you for the week. So, Desmond, what are you so done with? Oh, what am I so done with? Um, hmm. I've been done with myself, honestly. <laughs> I've just I've said yes to like three or four things, four things actually that um, I should not have said yes to that Mm. ended up like really complicating my schedule and causing me to lose sleep Mm. and be really stressed out um and i have a tendency to do that like i I like being helpful i like to be there to support people but you know it's important to you know you can't pour from an empty cup like it's important (laughs) to be there for yourself too i like i like Um, that yeah and so i think this was um yeah this week has just been a reminder that uh, of that (laughs) What about you? Um. Hmm. I mean, like, there's so much going on. Like, I saw today that there in Portland there are like police officers like shooting people and wreaking havoc, um, on protesters. Um, and like just the fact that um. Because businesses were open too early, now schools are going to have to, like, prepare to house a bunch of kids and putting a lot of stress on teachers and, like, all of these government officials and all of these people that are basically running the country are expecting teachers to, um, like, <laughs> to not only teach these badass kids... But, like, clean up after them, regulate them based on social distancing matters, and then just the fact that schools don't even get enough funding for cleaning supplies already. So how are they going to expect them to, like, do all of these, like, CDC regulations in terms of keeping a school running? And then some schools don't have a lot of space in general. So it's just, like, I guess I'm so dumb with, like, the fact that we don't have good leadership in this country. We never did, but especially now, it's quite quite evident that we don't have good leadership in this country. They don't care about people who like like people like people don't care about educators. Like I f- I find that very odd that people don't care about educators and like the fact that people like these are the people that have to watch your badass kids for eight hours a day sometimes 10 hours um and yeah and then just like in terms of yeah just how (laughs) miss corona has just messed up uh just a lot of shit for everybody i i think i think those are a combination of what i'm done with also black men get your shit together Yeah, no, I mean, those are two things that I'm, uh, that are pretty important to me. Um, especially with, you know, education, like we really don't emphasize education enough, um, in this country. We don't emphasize teachers enough in this country. And, um, I just saw a post actually like right before we, we started talking, 
from a, uh, one of my one of my high school teachers talking about how um, she saw this group of people talking online about getting a will. Um, these group of teachers online talking about getting getting a will because you know they're just trying to prepare for you know what could definitely happen yeah. um, as a result of you know going into school and, and teaching you know dozens of kids in the middle of a pandemic um and it's just really sad it it just doesn't make any sense that <laughs> that that's something that um you you even have to do like you you have to have to gamble with your life pretty much to go put food on the table um mm-hmm. and it, all of this could stop if you know people didn't have bills currently like if those were suspended <laughs> until the pandemic yeah. had fin- like is handled um but no you know we live in a capitalist country so you know things got to keep chugging along um and we got to find a way to survive somehow and i really do hope that um at least in terms of the schools reopen i really hope that i really hope schools don't reopen i don't think this is i don't think they should reopen right now i think you know all of this effort to like push for people to open reopen schools i think it should all of that could be put into online like figuring out online mm-hmm. course design but i think i think since all of the energy is put into reopening the schools it's just going to be a chaotic just clusterfuck I think so too. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, and hopefully, hopefully, smart decisions are made as, as uh, you know, as we move forward. Yeah, but you know, that's very optimistic of you, Desmond. It is, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for letting me interview you and mess with you a little bit. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Go Black Boy Go, and you can follow Desmond on social media at oh just uh on twitter at just my name desmond cole no space and uh yeah once again desmond thank you for coming on and letting me uh question you about science stuff that i don't understand but i am very grateful that you 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 grace me with that knowledge um and i i hope you have a I hope you continue to have a good uh, uh, coronavirus summer. Thanks, Jalen. It's been really fun. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in, in the English world and in the podcasting world. Oh, thank you. Um, and thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Also, black men, get your shit together.